When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into this week's edition of The Walkthrough. I'm your host, intern Joe Machika, South Carolina. Fell to Missouri on Saturday by a final score of 34-12. A rough one for the Gamecocks up there in the other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz seemed to have the answer for South Carolina all day long, offensively and defensively. Really, really tough performance if you are South Carolina wanting to respond after Florida. And I mean, obviously coming out of the bye, you wanted to respond against Florida as well. But this game, you know, kind of felt like a turning point for South Carolina going into it. They had a great week of practice. The morale was up. You know, you were led to believe that they should have won this game and, and were going to at least going into it. But you came out flat and you didn't perform in the first half. And I mean, Missouri had 24 points in that first half. You go into halftime trailing 24 to three. Um, the life is kind of out of your sails already, and then you're chasing the game. And I mean, South Carolina did a good job of chasing the game. I mean, obviously they didn't convert well, but their offense was humming enough to the point where it got you in the red zone. But then again, you need to score touchdowns in this league if you're going to win games, and you didn't. Um, but before I get into all of that and everything and why it all happened the way it did. I want to talk about our sponsors today. Obviously, first off, we're going with our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call on the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be young, Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 99 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents, and when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. And this show is also brought to you by our good friend over at the Movement Mortgage Network, Clint Hammond. Clint is a good friend of the program and a good friend of Gamecock Central. In need of help with your mortgage call, our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first-time home buyer to a complicated and ju complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and our guy, former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. Give our guy Clint a call. You can see him. Above us on all of our Gamecock Central Live programming, his number on the screen right now. And for those listening, 803-771-6933. Once again, 803-771-6933. Give our guy Clint a call. He is the man. Getting into this one, uh, 
I like it's it's hard to put you know a loss like this into words because you 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 were bad just all over just bad. Um, there were bright spots, sure, and I'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But starting off with the bad, I guess not great at all. Really, you couldn't score offensively, couldn't find the end zone. Um, a lot of that boils down to being three and 14 on third down. It's not great. Can't win a whole lot of games when you're three and 14, three for 14 on third down, um, especially in the SEC. So not great for the South Carolina Gamecocks there. Uh, defensively, I mean, I know you wanted a big day from your defense, but you didn't get it. You just didn't get it, and it, 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 it stinks. It really is not fun when your defense allows 24 points in the first half. It took you out of the game, and this offense, like I said earlier, you started really, really slow. You started very slow in this game, and you just allowed Missouri to get up and, and kind of suck the life out of you. You, you had some charge later, um, but it, you know, it was it was hard. You couldn't really get things on a roll um, like you wanted to when it mattered. And and an away game like that with a team as talented as Missouri is this year at least, um, you had to get up early and you had to, you know, ball out and you had to, like, make this a game going into halftime. Obviously, you deferred to the second half, but you need your defense to make a couple more stops in, in that game, in, in, in the first half at least, to kind of give your offense some life. I mean, they look like Swiss cheese in that first half. And in, in, in the second half, they tuned it up, right? They, they were better making stops, you know, looked better fundamentally. But, man, you did not come ready to play in that first half. I don't know how that happens after, you know, we were told the week of practice was really good and, you know, the best, arguably the best week of practice yet. I get it, you're banged up, but we're getting to the point in the season where, you know, you're running out of excuses. Um, and, and I'm not saying injuries are an excuse, sure, but eventually, like, some of the guys that are, are you know, that you're playing in the game are going to be in the system long enough to have learned the system and stuff like that. So that's, that's my opinion on all of that. But getting in, I guess, more focusing on the offense here, like I said, biggest thing, my biggest thing with this offense, they can't convert on third down. They were, they didn't convert on third down. Three of 14 on third down. That's not going to win you any football games. It, it really isn't. Um, you know, so that was bad. I think, you know, obviously couldn't, couldn't score, couldn't find your way into the end zone. Um, relying on Mitch Jeter to, you know, for all of your points. Um, and Mitch missed one. And shout out to him for being able to bounce back and nail the next four. Um, one of them from 51, like Mitch is a very good college kicker. Um, and so I'm glad he, you know, was able to bounce back there and, um, you know, Kai Kroger also looked good while I'm on the topic of special teams. Another bounce back game for him looked a little bit better. Um, he, four punts, 187 yards. He was averaging 46, um, yards a punt and two of them inside the 20. So good game from Kai as well, but back to this offense, man. Uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be an adjustment game for Dowell Loggins, just kind of learning on what plays to call in certain situations. And 
But at the end of the day, too, it does come down to execution, right? You got to execute the play on third down. I think there were a couple play designs that were broken. Spencer was running for his life as well. Like, you know, so that that happens. But I think everyone learns from a loss like this, and Dowell is going to be taking some stuff. Dowell is going to be taking some stuff from this one in the next week. So I, I, I think, you know, it's going to be an adjustment game, sure. But, you know, they there are – a lot of things that need to happen across the board. You need to execute better. And the offensive line, you're missing Vershawn Lee. Um, really, really tough. Right when you st- start to think that your offensive line is getting some momentum and these guys are playing well together and meshing and starting to build and all that stuff, and it looks like it's it's doing all right, Vershawn Lee goes out and you're missing him. And then you're playing, you know, Legos almost where you're plugging and playing guys at certain spots. And that can get tough, and that catches up with you. And with a defense, especially a defensive line as talented as Missouri's, um, you are you're you're gonna allow you know some some pressures and some hurries and stuff like that. Um, but Spencer was, was running for his life. Six sacks um, by this Missouri defense. Not great. It feels like week one again. Um, if if I mean at least from. I'm sure for South Carolina fans in terms of the offensive line, you didn't have a great game and granted you were plugging and playing with as many different guys in different spots. It's that, that gets really hard. And I, I mean, I understand that. Um, So that, that is largely in in part why I think, you know, the offensive line was so bad is because you had so many different guys plugging and playing. And it's especially having that come right after you're starting to get comfortable with Vershawn Lee in there and and the, and the freshman. And now now you got Gargiulo playing center and uh, you know, Gargiulo probably he'd admit this probably didn't have the best of games, but again, he's been doing a good job considering, you know, the situation that he's in and having to be moved around. And I, I understand that when you're playing with guys in different spots, it gets really confusing sometimes. So it, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's fully excused, right? Because you still have to execute and, and block the guy in front of you at the end of the day. But man, like this offensive line, just it's it's been one thing after another. And so they just can't catch a break really, right? As you were trying to get going, get some momentum, right? Play down the rest of the stretch, your, your anchor goes out. So that's really, really, really tough. Um, Missouri was obviously lethal on defense, they, I mean, played really, really, really well. I'm going to get the, the pressure stats for you here in a second. They hurried Spencer Rattler a total of 16 times. They had a total of 24 pressures, seven sacks, seven sacks allowed, according to PFF. Uh, not good sledding for this offense, South Carolina offensive line. And Missouri's defense, all credit to them, they were just, they were able to do what South Carolina's defense was trying to do and needed to do to Brady Cook um, in this run game too, to try to disrupt things. I mean, they were they were getting the pressure that you wanted, and I'll get into South Carolina's defensive stats in a second, but yeah, not not great. And then the last thing I guess I'll bring up about this offense, and sure, like I'll have it you know interweaved with the rest of the conversation going forward, but um, this run game was bad, right? Um, was not great. I mean, I think that. The run game being as bad as it was doesn't necessarily help Spencer Rattler out as well. Um, and so you uh, you just need to execute better. Run blocking, all of that. You need to get your guy upfield, get your running back upfield. Mario Anderson had an okay day. I mean, still, you know, 
as the bell cow back was still all right. He, he finished the day 12 carries, 68 yards. Obviously, no touchdown. Seven carry. Um, his longest carry was 17 yards. It felt like South Carolina just abandoned the run game as well, right? We got the South Carolina got into a tough spot, and then just you know had to start slinging the rock all over the place. And granted, the run game wasn't working at all, really. Um, so it was it fair to abandon it? Sure, but you, you did it again, right? Like this is something that we've seen in the past and. I, was it the right move? I, probably because you weren't really getting anything. It was a lot of tough sledding. So it, it, it was really, really, really hard to, to get anything going in the run game. And eventually you do have to throw the ball all over the place. So I don't know. It's tough to say, is it fair to abandon the run game that as early as they did? Probably not. But again, this offense lives and breathes off of explosive plays and passing and you don't have a whole lot of time going down the stretch chasing a 24-3 lead, um, you know, in that second half. So, of course, you're going to throw the ball around. So, tough. Um, and, obviously, the quarterback, we'll touch on him, too, before we get into the defense. But Spencer looked all right, in my opinion, right? Didn't have the greatest of games um, in the world. A couple overthrows, um, in my opinion, and could have done better, could have, you know, hit a couple more guys in stride, stuff like that. Um, his final line was um, 23 of 40, 217 yards and a pick. That pick went right through Omega Blake's hands. Um, yeah, if you're Spencer, like, put, maybe drop it down a little bit, but that was a high fly ball. Like, that 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 ball was, you know, a play that you got to go up and make if you're Omega Blake. Um, but, I mean, it's tough. He's a redshirt freshman, sure, but you know, you got to make that play. Other than that, I mean, you know, Spencer, he did well with his legs. He had a really nice long run. Um, you know, he talked about it a couple of weeks earlier um, about his dad telling him, you know, if he sees green grass and go, I think that was a little bit better. And, you know, his decision-making was better. Um, I think, you know, I really didn't see a decision that was, I mean, there were a couple of decisions there that were like, all right, like, Maybe don't throw that. But again, when you're chasing the lead like that, especially in the second half, down 24 to three, and you could still, there, there's still plenty of time to win that game. But when you're, you're just chasing that lead, right? The whole time. And so you start to get desperate there. And I mean, I don't, I, I just, I don't think Spencer had any like bad force feeds. Like, you know, he, you know, was quick to throw the ball out of bounds and quick to, you know, reset and do all that. So I think, you know, that was good, but yeah, no, nothing compared to like what we have seen from him, like at Oklahoma and and in his previously, right? So I got sure, like we can evaluate him. Yeah, like you know, a couple bad overthrows or something like that, bad decisions there um, with the football and just like how he's grown. But like, I, I mean, really, like nothing like idiotic. It's like, why are you throwing that football there? Like, I, you know, I could see why um, he made a couple of the throws that he didn't. Again, overthrew a couple of guys, but nothing too crazy in, in the pick. You know that it 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 comes down to, you know, gotta make a play. Omega Blake has to make that play. Um, but where he lies on the draft board, at least for me, I think he's a day one or day two pick. I think it would be late in the first round um, on day one. So, um, but I, I personally think he's leaning towards a day two pick. 
um, just because of the way South Carolina is playing right now. I, I think a couple teams realize that they might be able to go get him in the second and third round. Um, so we will see. I, I think right now he's playing as well as, you know, any quarterback in the country's maturities, you know, shown a little bit better and, you know, he's drastically improved. So um, we'll see where he ends up NFL wise, but that's kind of everything I had for the offense defensively. Oh, woof, man. That, that is not, not good. Again, uh, you had a lot of players that, you know, were good um, individually. They had some good individual performances. You just got beat at the wrong times, especially in the first half. You let them jump all over you and then just kind of coast. Um, you made some stops in that second half, right? And it was kind of a breath of fresh air. It's like this defense can make a couple stops. It's like, this is what this looks like. This is what defense looks like. Like, now respond to it. And they just couldn't find a way and granted you know no points in that third quarter and then you allow you know a field goal and a touchdown um late in that game but to make it i guess uglier but it you know you cannot be saving your defense for the second half you just you really can't you are running out of things to say for poor execution right like luther burden was double teamed on the, the long ball and I find a way to break that play up, but I don't know how he gets behind you in that situation. Sure. Yeah. It was a great individual play, but you know, setting that up, if you get pressure on Brady cook and make him throw that ball, maybe a little bit sooner or under a little bit of pressure, I guarantee you it's not as accurate. So you need to just put it all together. This team was, you know, bad in, in in hurries and sacks it was something that they talked about going into this week that something that they needed to do well well seven qb hurries and no sacks missouri's defense on the contrary had 16 hurries and nine pressures um and, and seven sacks as well so like it so tough like comparatively like you 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 needed that from your defensive front and you're just not getting it the dbs are playing Great. I mean, Nick Eamon, Warry, DQ Smith, Marcellus Dial, all of those guys, um, you know, are playing well defensively, but you're not getting them any help by making the quarterback run for his life a little bit or, you know, simply just, you know, have a little bit of pressure to make a dumber decision. Just not great. You need to string together just a complete game offensively and defensively, right? You can't come out flat against a team like Texas A&M. You knew you couldn't come out flat in this game because it's a road game in the SEC, and they're going to jump all over you. But you did, and you, you came out flat. And this this can't happen down the road, and it can't happen against Clemson because Clemson will take it to you in your home stadium like South Carolina did last year. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Clemson lost last night. And going back to this defense, you, you need – it's put up or shut up time. You were running out of excuses. It doesn't really matter whether you're as banged up as you are or you can't execute. Or can't get hurries on the quarterback. You know, no one is going to feel sorry for you at this point. Like, it's put up or shut up time. You have guys. There were there have been great individual performances. Like I said, there were, there were good looks yesterday. Guys played well yesterday. But 
you need to execute and string together some stops and just put the foot down, right? This defense has been, you know, previously mean and, and all this and like really just suffocating defense. It's time. It is time to step up and show who you are. Defense is, is it's, you gotta be mean. You gotta, you know, put the foot in the door and remind people who you are, or at least who you're trying to be because South Carolina has yet to show that yet. They don't have any defensive identity right now. And it, it's spiraling. Like it, it's coming to the point where, and I'll get into Clayton white in a second, but like it is coming to the point where, it is going into the danger zone, right? It is going to the point where it, you know, Clayton White's job is going to be in jeopardy, sure, but like, you know, you're not going to make a bowl if you don't step up. And you got, <laughs> and looking ahead, you have to win four out of your next five to be bowl eligible, right? And one of those is on the road at Texas AM, one of the hardest environments in college football at Kyle Field. And then you also have your arch rival Clemson. Those are your two biggest tests, Clemson, obviously, at the end of the year. Um, and then, I mean, Kentucky's no joke. Kentucky is no joke. Personally, I think they're a bunch of, like, they're fakers, and I don't think they're as good as, you know, they seem to be. There's some internal problems, and, you know, they, like, Garrett Anderson joked, they're already on to basketball season. Uh, I, I don't think Kentucky is that good this year, and that's, you know, without any bias or anything like that. Like, uh, I, I just, I've yet to see, you know, more from Kentucky, but you know, this defense, you're, you, you're going to need to stop the run. Um, you know, good in, in past, you know, protection, Brady cook only had, he was 14 of 24, 198 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, not bad from this defense. You kind of limited their bigger players, but then Cody Schrader ran all over you. You allowed, 220 rushing yards and the quarterback had nine carries for 64 yards and a touchdown and Schrader 26 carries 159 yards and two touchdowns so great you know rah rah you you stop the the big two-headed monster in Luther Burden and Brady Cook well you forgot about Cody Schrader and they ran they did what they wanted in the run game and that kind of you know kept the defense on the field made you more tired you know, you, you, you can't win, right? Last week, you, you you can't defend the pass, and Graham Mertz throws for a bunch of yards all over you at, at homecoming, and then this week you come into it knowing you got to stop the pass, and uh-oh, here we go again, you know, going into it, and then you stop the pass, and, well, they run the ball all over you. So really, really, really tough for this defense. Next week you need to go defend both. I mean, plain and simple, 10 – Texas A&M has a good quarterback. They have a good running back. Jimbo knows him some football. So it, uh, you know, you're going to have to go into it with a full head of steam and, you know, stop, make stops when you need to. Um, and, you know, suffocate this life, the life out of that crowd. It's going to be a new kick. So you have a chance to get in there and, and make a statement, get this thing back on track. Texas is at Texas A&M. So, um, and now again, like I said, with Clayton white, like this is entering the area where, you know, his job is starting going to start to be on the line here. Um, you're running out of excuses. And if it continues the way it is, you know, it's not gonna work out in Clayton's favor. 
I say that similar with Spencer Rattler. And on the flip side of things, right, if he kind of continues, obviously this last game was a little bit of a step back, but if he plays the way he's been playing for the first half of this season, he's going to play his way into, you know, a first-round draft pick or maybe a second-round draft pick, you know. So, but Clayton White, like, they continue this trend of bad defense, especially, you know, now and, and on the road. Um, if you don't make a bowl and you get blown out in your last, you know, four four or five games, Clayton White probably won't be at South Carolina by the end of the year. So, you know, that is that. I will end the show, obviously, because there are a lot of, you know, negative things going around, around about this program right now, and it's very easy to be negative when you're two and five. So it's time to put the optimism glasses on. Yes, this is kind of a dumb segment, but we need a little positivity to – End the show, I guess, if you will. So, optimistic about South Carolina football currently. Well, you know, one of, you know that this year one of your biggest problems is your offensive line. You have the Great Wall of Carolina currently assembling in Tree Babalade and Trevon Baugh. Uh, and then you also have two guys, two of the best offensive linemen in the state of South Carolina coming in to play for you next year, Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson. So there is hope in the future, right? And you, that the, the class is also stocked with you got a defensive end where, I mean, you need pass rushing and pressure. Well, you've got Dylan Stewart, you know, does use learning still. But, I mean, you, 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 you have some dogs coming in, right? That is hopeful. That is optimistic, right? There is – a brighter future, right? And, you know, this year, the offensive line, one of the toughest positions in football to have success with, with guys that you threw together, you're getting some dogs. You are getting some absolute dogs coming into the program. And also, you know, uh, Spencer Rattler's leaving. Uh-oh. But you know you have Luke Doty. You know you have Lenore Sellers, who and I, everyone is probably assuming is going to be the guy next year, but you never know. Shout out to Luke Doty, and Doty's done a pretty good job of bringing him along. So we'll see what kind of you know talent comes up next year. But Nick Harbor is improving. Oh, also, I did want to mention Nick Harbor had a, himself a great game. He played 57 snaps for South Carolina. He had two receptions for 50 yards. And one of the best catches we've seen all year. The five-star is improving. He said the game is slowing down to him. He's played the most number amount of snaps. He's being utilized as a weapon. That is your future of the program falling out. And then not to mention the two, you know, freshmen that are already here, Tree and Tro. Tree had a great game against Georgia, starting in a hostile environment. Um, you know, against Georgia and same same thing with Tro. Um, those guys are only going to get better and better. And the last crop of offensive linemen that you had for South Carolina, they got in and stayed stalwarts in the offensive lineup. Um, so that is another good thing that you have going for you. Another good thing that you have going forward, you got Texas A&M on the road, and then you have four games at home. Even if you lose to Texas A&M, you have four games at your home stadium, one of the best in the SEC. Nothing beats home cooking, especially when it's at Williams-Brice. You have 
basically the last four games of your season to turn it up and you're destined, you control your own destiny at this point. Do you want to make a bowl game or not? Um, is it realistic to say that they can win all five of them? Probably not. Can they win four out of the five? Yeah. In my mind, yes. I think you can win four out of the five. But you got to step up. But again, these are the optimism goggles. We're being optimistic here. Um, so, again, I think that the culture of this program is another something that you can hold your head high on. I mean, after losing the way that you did against Florida and then having, quote-unquote, the best week of practice that you've had in the season, that is a big thing, right? And, and all we hear about coming out of the Shane Beamer era at South Carolina is culture, 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 culture. What about the culture? The culture is good and all this and blah, blah, blah. This is where you find out how good it is. This is how where you find out if guys are checking in, guys are checking out early. So far, so good, right? This is why we got the optimism glasses on because, you know, so far, so good. Guys aren't checking out. Guys are staying into it. I, you saw guys play the full four quarters yesterday for the most part. Um, this is where you find out how good your culture is or guys staying on. And then also too, I mean, this happens with every season with the ups and downs is you kind of find out who you really need and want on your team. The guys that are going to be playing through all of the good and all of the bad the same way. Those are the guys that you want on your team and let alone be leaders. Um, another freshman, Pup Howard, one of those guys. I, I didn't see Pup take a playoff in, you know, at all yesterday. Played a lot of snaps. South Carolina's defense. He's developing. And linebackers are really, really hard position to develop at. And um, we're starting to see Stone. I mean, Blanton had flashes last year. Sure, he looked like a freshman still. Um, but he had development last year. And he's had more development into this year. And then next season, you know, their pup will be a sophomore. Stone will be a junior. And you will have an established core at linebacker. So that should make you happy as well. But so that is, you know, pretty much everything from from the optimism standpoint. You know, guys aren't, long story short, guys are still bought in to your culture, to your program. All of your young guys are coming up and you're, you're recruiting really well. These are, you know, the guys that Coach Beamer, Gary Anderson said it last night on the postgame show. He's like, you know, the first couple of years, Shane had to, um, you know, produce with the guys that – Muschamp had recruited or the guys that were still left that hadn't transferred out that Muschamp had recruited. Now you're starting to see obviously the first crop of Shane's, you know, recruits or good recruits, at least in Nicholas Harbor, Pup Howard, those guys starting to produce and, and guys that Shane recruited to play at South Carolina, right? You're starting to see that crop. So Shane's guys are slowly getting into the program and, and, and into the lineups and stuff like that. So that takes time. Right. So, you know, optimism, it stinks as a South Carolina fan. I'm sure to be saying there's always next year, but things are looking up. Right. It, and there there is not obviously the way that this season has gone has been, you know, not nearly what you expected it to be. But again, you know, there is hope on the horizon, certainly hope on the horizon as it takes the optimism goes off and come back down to planet earth. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, long story short, right. Your work 
is in front of you, right? What you want this season to be is right in front of you. Do you want to make a bowl? Great. You got to go win. You have to go win. This is one of, you know, the worst ski or skids of the Shane Beamer era. And you're going to find out what kind of team you got in Texas A&M. You were, you were going to find out what kind of team you got. Because if you get punched in the mouth in Texas A&M, are you going to see guys quit? Are you guys are you guys going to see, you know, them bounce back? What are you going to see if you're South Carolina? You know, you're going to find out what kind of team. Because I said it last week on this program that, you know, Missouri was a big turning point for you. but it wasn't clearly, so it's put up or shut up time now. And if you if if you want to win, and be bowl eligible, you need to go do something at Texas A&M, right? And it starts there. It's it's always a week to week thing. But knowing that you have a little bit of home cooking, you don't have to go anywhere. A couple easier games on the schedule, you know, down the stretch, should give you some motivation to go win this one, just in case you know. It doesn't go right, and then you're forced to win your next four to maintain bowl eligibility. So that, I mean, that is everything at the end of the day. Not a whole lot to be said after a loss, unfortunately. Um, so that is everything here from me at the walkthrough. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, um, last night had the post-game show with Garrett Anderson, former Gamecock offensive lineman Garrett Anderson. You can go watch that on YouTube. Uh, go watch Talking Tuesdays with Mike and I live at 7 on every Tuesday night. And then once again, I, we will also be live um, following the Texas A&M game. Noon kick over there in College Station, so it should be around you know 3.30-ish. We should be live for the post-game show. So thank you guys once again for tuning into the walkthrough. Have a good Sunday.